0: Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, our first post-NFL Draft episode. I am your host, Joshua Tracing.
1: And I'm Corwin Hilly.
0: And today, like I just said, we'll be talking about the NFL Draft. However, we will be limiting today's conversation to just the first round. We want to do a deeper dive in our Thursday episode. So today we're going to be talking about uh, impressions from round one uh, from Thursday yeah, the so we're.
1: Yeah, we're recording this on Friday at 5 o'clock, so about two hours before the draft starts. So you're going to be listening to this after the rest of the draft happens. Meanwhile, we have no idea what's going on, so just an FYI. Although
0: apparently neither do the Giants. Oh. Okay.
1: Looks like we're jumping right into that one. Before we
0: do, here is an ad from our friends over at Sports Trebuchet.
1: Do you like to talk about sports? Do you like podcasts? Do you like talking about professional wrestling? Do you like medieval weaponry? Then check us out at Sports Trebuchet on Twitter or listen to us. Sports Trebuchet on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. And we're back. Speaking of Sports Trebuchet, those motherfuckers have the worst comebacks. Talking shit about my boy, Devin Bush, throwing shade, couldn't come back at me. You
0: didn't have anything for that either. All you had was was gifts and memes.
1: Lazy. And I was very drunk while I was doing it. Oh, that's good. So actually, before we jump in, I made a drinking game with uh, my roommate, Dan, for the draft. Um, It was a drink for every pick I got wrong in our mock draft. Two drinks for every time I called a pick when they were... uh, on the clock. Three drinks for every one I got right, which was four, by the way. Uh, finish your drink if the Giants don't take a quarterback. And one drink for every time I call out a team. Fucking idiots. You got
0: drunk, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I I, I drank a lot of 40s. Not a lot of 40s. I drank forty very quickly and uh, stopped drinking after that because it's finals week and I can't be hungover today.
0: I, yeah, it makes sense. But all right, we only got about thirty minutes because we got to kind of. Yep. We both have things we got to do in our lives. This isn't all we do. We're people, so let's jump right yeah. on in. What are, What are some of your biggest takeaway? What, what What's the big takeaway you want to start with today?
1: Um, I feel like it should be Daniel Jones because that's what everybody's talking about. Giants. Yeah. They've yeah. been rumored to be taking him forever. Everyone was like, "Ha ha ha! That'd be hilarious if the Giants wait would take really." I we know just not. started
0: hearing about him yesterday. That was like a rumor.
1: Yeah, wow. People have been talking about Daniel Jones going to the Giants since like January, but every time it was brought up, it's like the Giants aren't dumb enough to do that. Like that'd be funny, ha ha ha! But it'll never happen. Um, it happens. It's. I woke up today and he still was taken at six, so it wasn't a bad dream. Um, I just don't know what the fuck their plan is. I just have zero faith in that franchise in front office.
0: So do I. And the thing that drives me insane about it is listening to people try to to justify it. Because every... The only excuse I've heard that like people will give credence to is like, well, if he was their man, then why risk waiting until 17? And like, I'm sorry, but that's stupid as fuck. That's lazy. You could say that about literally Mr. Irrelevant, whoever gets drafted with the very last pick of the seventh round of the NFL draft. If the Giants took that person at six, you could still say, I just wanted to make sure they got him. Because the thing is, yeah. draft boards and understanding the room and understanding where people are going to fall is important so you get value out of picks and like they might have they might have fucking loved Daniel Jones and taken him with the first overall pick if they had had it but the fact of the matter is that they didn't they had a, they had a mid round first round pick and guess what? There's other fucking quarterbacks. You shouldn't be so infatuated with one fucking guy that you're willing to just blow an entire pick. And I, I'm i sorry, but, but Daniel Jones could end up working out splendidly for them. It's still a waste of a pick at, at that spot.
1: We're going to dive so much more into Daniel Jones, but apparently uh, jump way more into it for our follow-up episode. But apparently, Dave Gelman watched him play his three drives at the Senior Bowl, and that was. I heard this. Oh. To love, fall in love. Uh, I can't even go in deeper just because it's going to be the entire episode. It's the college really, version
0: of the Pro Bowl. It's fucking useless. Yeah, oh, it's, my. Three the drives! Practices three, three drives! drives. Super he useful. couldn't reference the his three, three years starting at Duke. Three drives is what he brought up in that interview. It made no fucking sense.
1: All right, we got to save it for the next episode because we will genuinely talk 45 minutes about Daniel Jones. Yeah, we will. But what you were saying about valuing the pick and making it be a reach, even though it's your guy, is exactly how I feel about Oakland's pick with Cleland Farrell. Oh, God, yes.
0: What the fuck? I didn't... Oh, my God. Get
1: that Mayock loved Farrell. Farrell, Farrell, I don't know how you pronounce it. They
0: said Farrell in the draft. Yeah,
1: I mean, you could have packaged one of your later picks to move up. And still taken just an absolute banger of a pick at four. I don't get it, but I don't hate it either. I hate Daniel Jones. I hate that pick. I don't hate Daniel Jones personally. I hate the pick. I don't hate the Cleland Farrell. I just don't I don't like it. Um moving on. At this point, the Cardinals are keeping Josh Rosen as well. The rumor is that he's gonna go to Miami uh tonight during the draft. We'll see if that happens.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, by the time everyone um, will hear this, they'll know what happened. So let's...
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: just we'll, we'll say that for the Thursday episode when we have something to say about it, if it does end up going down. But um, Kyla Murray, I mean, we literally predicted this would... I guess you, anyway, literally predict this would happen. I'm, like, still a little everyone bit surprised, knows. though, honestly. I still don't like it.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things. It was like... It's usually the first pick in the draft. You want to be like, I love this. That's the best player on the board. Home run hitter. Like, this was perfect. And I'm just still kind of like, all right, you have Kyler Murray. What are you going to do now? You don't, you have to take a wide receiver at 33, which we'll see if they do tonight. Um, I just don't know where that team's going to go. And I that just, offensive line I'm is still sure shambles. Yeah. Um, Moving on, the next one I have on here, uh, DeAndre Baker, who the Giants traded back into the end of round one to grab him. I think this is going to be Eli Apple 2.0. I think you reached on a quarterback that isn't even the best corner in the draft. I get that you like him. You took him too early. You didn't need to trade up for him. I just don't know how well he's going to work out in the NFL. I just don't know if he has – Physically what it takes. I don't love that pick. He was like my third or fourth cornerback. Uh, The Redskins. Holy shit, the Redskins draft was literally as the best they could have possibly done. This is phenomenal. Uh, Getting Dwayne Haskins at 15 without having to move. Mind-blowing. So much value. And then trading up to get Montez Sweat at 26. Who should have gone 20 picks earlier. Uh, just such fantastic value for them Yeah I couldn't believe I'm he fell that far I'm so sorry Dan Snyder I talk so much shit about you You're still a dumbass and a bad person And I hate you But you did good here Yeah he really did um, The Seahawks uh, Trading back the way they did Like what happened with the Frank Clark trade They're just trying to build draft capital Doing it again they are just rebuilding this team and they're doing such a great job doing it um i don't love their pick with lj collier i felt like they could have gotten him in the second but at the end of the day you gotta replace frank clark you do it with a guy who is compared to a two-legged tarantula when he comes to rushing the passer what does that mean you know what? I genuinely don't know, but it's such a great con- like it's just such a great analogy for something. But is it like, like tarantulas
0: have 8 legs, so a two-legged tarantula would be a severely crippled animal? Um, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, you could really dig into this if you want. Um This is like
0: it's just like when Scott Boris makes all of his uh his boat uh metaphors in baseball and everyone just sits around going, <laughs> "But what does this mean, Scott? What does this mean?" <laughs> Um, we get a two legged a tarantula. That's, oh, oh man. We're going to have to dig into that on Thursday.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Jawan Taylor. Uh, so I had him going, where did I have Jawan Taylor? I had him going 17, which was actually on the low end of the spectrum for where people were projecting him to go. It turns out he has a pretty serious knee injury that is just coming to light now, which is why he's fallen to the second round. People are starting to project him now to go very early. That's what the rumor mill is churning out. Um, We'll see what ends up happening, but that would be the big reason why he fell the way he did. Um, Next on my list is the Steelers trade, but I'm actually going to save that for last. Uh, Atlanta's O-line. Holy shit, that is a scary group of people. You have, uh, let's see, let me just pull this up here. So we have Chris Lindstrom going at 14, which I thought was a little bit of a reach, but at the end of the day, he is an excellent guard, the best one in the draft. Take him at 14 to shore it up. And then they trade back up and take Caleb McGarry out of Washington with the 31st pick. Um, The actual player, you know, I don't love them. I didn't do a ton of time actually looking at them in the pre-draft process, but their offensive line with McGarry, Lindstrom, Alex Mack at center, um, you got Jake Matthews at right tackle and another first-round pick at right guard. I'm just forgetting his name. That's going to be a scary O-line for Devonta Freeman now. Um, I think that offense is going to be pumping next year, Um, and that's going to be just... There's gonna be canyons for, um, what's his name,
0: Devonte Freeman.
1: Fuck, I just yeah, Devonta Freeman to run through next year. Um, Ravens offense,
0: but the Marquise Brown pick.
1: Fucking yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gonna be a wild offense. I can't believe he Marquise... went to twenty
0: five too. Like this, th- yeah. r- just as an aside, real quick. This draft seemed bizarre, right?
1: Yeah, it was weird. There wasn't any outside of like Daniel Jones and a couple of other picks. Like there was no huge reaches, but at the same time, it just kind of it just it felt like a weird draft from start to finish. Like there was like no trades early on. There was a ton late, and I maybe it's just cuz I was very drunk at this point, but the end of the draft just seemed crazy to me.
0: Yeah, it just it felt like it never had a good flow like it didn't you're right like it never felt aside from a few picks like anyone was reaching reaching but then you had like Mm -hmm. these weirdly like really talented players going so much later than everyone thought they were going to just because of all the not huge reach reaches i don't know Mm it's felt it just felt weird
1: there were 10 trades involved in the final 12 picks
0: yeah that's true that shit was madness yeah
1: Um, But yeah, Marquise Brown working with Lamar Jackson, Uh, you have Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon in that backfield. You have a pretty sturdy and sizable offensive line outside of Marquise Brown. You don't really have any wide receivers Um, that like I honestly don't even know how that's going to function as an offense next year. It's going to be a wild uh, experiment to watch. Um, I hope it doesn't work out for the Ravens for personal reasons, but It'll definitely be interesting. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Keneal, Nick Nikhil Harry, not Keneal. Nikhil Harry. Harry uh, with New England. It's the first time they've ever drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, yeah. He was my number two wide receiver. And guess what? He's playing with Tom fucking Brady. So just fuck everybody else, I guess. They're going to go on and win the ninth Super Bowl in a row. And... Uh, There's nothing we can do to stop them.
0: Is Nikhil Harry black?
1: Very. Then he's
0: not going to succeed on the Patriots. I mean, let's let's be real here. Name name me a good produced um, black wide receiver on the Patriots that's not Randy Moss.
1: Okay, I was waiting for that little exception at the end because I was like, seriously, Josh? For real? Um, I... Definitely can, but I choose not to.
0: Yeah, no, he'll. Uh, he'll, Yeah, you know, he's gonna he's gonna roll up to fucking first week of uh, the NFL season looking like some Sammy Sosa ass motherfucker, (laughs) just 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 just, just a just a job at that fucking team. (laughs) Jesus Christ, that was good. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad you got that.
1: So for people who don't know, Sammy Sosa was a very good black baseball player for the Cubs. Uh just Dominican, but yeah. Over the I, I mean I just said black. Really no, no, say, hey, keep going. Uh but like okay. Um who progressively over time just is he's a white guy now. And it like wasn't like a huge jump like with Michael Jackson. It just like every year he just got a little bit lighter. Yeah, he
0: literally bleached his skin.
1: Yeah. What a weird guy.
0: Yeah, what, what can you do? All right, so what do we got next year?
1: You have any you have any uh, big takeaways from the first that we didn't uh cover?
0: Um not particularly because uh, I'm not just ups, up with the college ball as, as you are. Um I was mentally prepared for the Quentin Williams pick, so I mm-hmm. he immediately endeared himself to me with his post um drafted interview because that dude just wow is he likable holy shit big baby yeah um,
1: he's a big baby
0: i would like to say i'm not a big fan of espn constantly bringing up like people's torrid pasts seemingly for no reason yeah. Like it'll be a scouting report and it'll be like really great combine results uh a ton of sacks or whatever um mom died as a kid it's just like whoa like don't put this man on blast like that like that's like this is the happiest day of his life quit bring up the fact his mother's dead like that can come out we can talk about that later like this is just weird man
1: yeah uh like the stuff they did with uh jeffrey simmons who had the altercation with his sister uh in the past the second he got picked uh trey wingo was like all right well this kid beat the shit out of a girl when he was younger here's the video okay he said he's sorry and granted i love jeffrey simmons i think he's one of the best players in the draft he's also shown throughout this entire process how much of a person he's how much better of a person he's grown to be over the years and how sorry he was for the incident i feel like there really wasn't a huge need to drag him through the mud like that literally seconds after he's drafted
0: no i i don't i don't, I don't like get i just don't get going into these guys pasts like like that i think it's super weird uh, big takeaways for me: uh, Watching Raiders fans react react to the Cleland Fer Farrell pick was
1: hilarious. Wow! The one guy who put up his hood and like walked he away, just moved across just walked the screen, away. It was just like, "What the fuck?" Yep. puts up his hood and walks away. I was dying on the couch when that happened. Same
0: thing with Daniel Jones uh, and the Giants <laughs> fans' reaction was priceless. <laughs> Wow! Uh, did
1: you see the uh, video of the inside MetLife Stadium when that yep, pick was made? Yep, that was so great. Yeah, I've... Dan and I probably spent like an hour today just looking at reaction gifs of or videos of all these different like wild picks.
0: Um, I thought that the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Josh Allen was so fucking lucky, and goddamn it, do I hate them! Yeah,
1: Ugh, it's brutal.
0: I forget. Um, no, I remember now. So you had you had T.J. Hawkinson, who was the second, the pick right after that. Uh, yes. Tight end went to the mm-hmm. Lions. Going to the Jaguars. Um, I forget though. Who did you have mm-hmm. going to the Lions? Like what, what position anyway?
1: Uh, edge rusher. So how do Burns, how do you feel going, that they
0: went uh, to the um the other side of the ball went to win tight end? Because I thought that was interesting.
1: For Detroit, yeah. Um, it definitely fills a huge need. If I guess they don't have Ebron. Draft, if I went going, if I went anywhere else with Jacksonville, I would have put Hawkinson at Detroit at uh, eight. But I mean, it fits them so well. They really just haven't had that kind of player in such a long time. Um, I know Ebron never really worked out for them. Kind of shined last year with the Colts, but I really like that pick.
0: How do you think Dwayne Haskins getting drafted by the Redskins affects um, Case Keenum starting this season? Do you think he does or gets um, shipped or is the backup? I think
1: Keenum will. I think Keenum will start as the starting QB, um, and I think it'll be like a uh, um, the Sam Darnold thing last year where he takes over very quickly. Okay. Because Josh McCown started the season starting right. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, okay. I think it's going to be a, a No, wait. No, out. he
0: didn't. Sorry. No, he didn't. No, Sam Darnold took no. over. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sam Darnold took over immediately. Uh, it, it, it's tough because yeah, he got sure.
1: injured like week
0: three or so. Right. And McCown ended up starting a couple games here or there.
1: Regardless, whatever scenario where a veteran starter started and then the rookie took over, that's the scenario I'm saying. Okay, Um,
0: and then I wanted to loop back to your opinion of the Steelers trading up to get Devin Bush because we we, we moved past it and I wanted to hear about it.
1: I fucking lost it. I was so fucking happy that the Steelers moved up for Bush. I was, like, I saw the lights on the video, like, the, uh, the signage behind the podium changed to, like, the yellow. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they have the yellow up for Denver. And it showed the Steelers... And Dan just like grabbed me and was like, oh my God, they did it. And I was just in such utter shock. I was, scr- I started screaming. I was so excited. Um, I love this trade so much. I know the guys at Sports Trebuchet said that it's an overpay, but a second and a third round pick to move up into the top 10 um, to fill the, by far, the biggest need on this team with really. A player that's so above and beyond any uh, anyone else below him. Like the drop-off between Devin White and Devin Bush and like the Mac Wilsons and everyone below there at middle linebacker and side linebacker. It's so big. I'm so glad we did this. We should still be able to grab like a nice cornerback at the beginning of the third with 66. I am um, ecstatic that the Steelers actually made a big draft day trade. I'm so happy.
0: So you brought up something I want to talk about really quickly before we transition into the kind of Mm -hmm. conclusion of today is that it was a position of need for the Steelers because I got into an argument with Pete um, right before the draft saying that the Giants should take a quarterback with the sixth pick, and he was like, absolutely not. I want Josh Allen. And I'm like, you're fucking stupid. You guys need a quarterback. And he got into an argument with me saying, NFL teams don't draft based on need. And I wanted what? to rip his throat out because that makes no fucking sense to me. And, like... Pete said this? Yes. Who is an avid NFL fan? Was
1: he drunk when he said
0: it? Absolutely not. Stone cold sober. And I've just never... I, I, I was so dumbfounded that I just didn't... Yeah, because, you know, the first round pick every year is always the best pick in the draft. Never anything else. And then when Kyler Murray got picked, I was like, yeah, because Kyler... I texted him back, like, yeah, Kyler Murray's the best pick and the or best player in the entirety of the draft. Nobody else. And then his team went off to go fuck draft Daniel fucking Jones, and I gave him
1: a world of crap for it. The, I just want to point out that the Giants, their entire draft day strategy was filling holes created by trading away their best players.
0: But filling holes is what the draft Regardless. is there for. Like, I, I, just, I know,
1: but like, I, they traded away no, I know what No, I know what you
0: mean. I'm just so flabbergasted. It made no sense to me. I was so mad.
1: Yeah, Pete, um you're wrong on that one, bud.
0: Now, if you're like a total like no talent rebuilding team like the Browns were like a few seasons ago, yeah, just take the best player. You're all holes. Yeah, like yeah. you have nothing to work there's, on.
1: There's definitely certain scenarios where just taking the best player available is the best move. Of course, um early on in the draft, there's just certain players that are so above and beyond need that you have to take them. Um, but at the same time, like you gotta, you can't be drafting a quarterback if you're, um, let's see, if you're the Jets at three, you can't be taking Devin, uh, not Devin White, Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins at three if you're the Jets. You might have had them higher on your board, but you have a quarterback. You're not taking the best player available there if it's a quarterback. Exactly, You have to fill some need.
0: Exactly. Um, like, like like let's say that that the tw- let's say that the twelfth best pick in the draft was Dwayne Haskins the Packers aren't taking Dwayne Haskins
1: no
0: like that'd be fucking stupid so I just wanted to make sure that you that I, I was justified in giving my friend Pedro a lot of crap for that comment so
1: that's yeah, this make sure uh, Petey boy listens to this episode I've been hounding him about it I'm I'm right now I'm looking at the trophy that is named after him that's in my house <laughs> and not his
0: yeah and he resents that every day
1: all right. Uh, just a little background info on that. Uh, our Fantasy Football League trophy is named the Pete Sidmer Memorial Trophy because he took over a team midseason, took them all the way to the championship, and then lost on a technicality. There and was, I wanted uh, to honor that with a trophy.
0: It was very fun. Let's wrap up all here. Right. Tell me about the these cool. favorite picks, best value, biggest reach, and worst picks. Tell me what you got for these.
1: Uh, favorite picks... I love the Devin Bush pick to the Steelers. I thought that filled the biggest Shocker. need. Shocker. Right. I mean, for all the picks that filled needs, I thought inside linebacker for the Steelers was the biggest filling of a need for a team. Little bias there, but that's fine. Love that pick. And then Josh Allen to the Jaguars. Um, just such tremendous value. Filling uh, a hole on that defensive line. Just to, that defensive front is just so badass. I can't wait to watch them play. Um, what's your favorite pick, Josh?
0: It, it's Quentin it's Williams because I'm a Jets fan who doesn't know anything. So, like, it, it's it's whoever my team took. That's that's now my guy.
1: Honestly, that's still a good thing to have as a best pick. That's a good pick.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is it just happens to work out really well this year. So... Actually, it's worked out for the Jets for, like, the last few seasons that, like, uh, the the quote-unquote best pick has just been, like, fallen to us. So, I'm not going to complain.
1: It's crazy. Um, For best value, I had to put a combo up of just both the Redskins picks, taking Haskins and Sweat. It's just insane that they were able to do what they did in the draft in the first round. Such utterly tremendous value. I can't stress it enough. They fucking killed it.
0: For a value pick, what do you think about Jonah Williams falling to 11 with the... I'm not sure if you can say falling, but going uh, at 11 to the Bengals. I kind of assumed he'd be a top 10 guy, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a value pick, um, but falling only, like, you know, I was thinking he would go around, like, uh, what was it, like 7 or 8, whatever it was. Sure. I had him going at 10 to Buffalo, and instead he went uh, 11 to Cincinnati, or 9 to Buffalo, and then 11 to Cincinnati. I don't think it's just as big of a reach as uh, some other players or big of a fall as some other players. No, I get what you
0: mean. And then what do you think about the first wide receiver being taken um, at at 25, uh, Marquise Brown to the the Ravens? Do you see that as being like a value pick or just like accurate?
1: Um, I actually just think that's accurate. Okay. Um, I didn't have him going that high just because I thought teams would shy away from someone of his size um, being like he'll never top up top out over like 175 pounds. He's just way too small of a guy. That's um, fine. But man, does he have skill? So I think that's a perfectly reasonable to, uh, place to pick him.
0: Tell me about your biggest reaches.
1: Daniel Jones and DeAndre Baker. Um, Shockers. I think both of... Yeah, right? I think both of these guys were would be available at the Giants' next pick without having to trade at all. Um, I don't think either of them are necessary necessarily very good values at where they were picked as well um i just honestly i don't even think there's many redeeming qualities for either um i mean baker at least will be able to start as a cornerback for them and play for a decent while i just don't think he would have been the best option there meanwhile i'm not sure if daniel jones is even going to be starting in two years
0: which brings us to the next category worst pick yeah
1: worst pick um there's really not a lot of debate here. It's Daniel Jones. Um, I'd love for him to work out. I, He really actually came on as being um, a guy for me where I thought, man, like if this guy goes to a good team at the end of the first, I think he could actually turn out to be something. Um, if he can sit and learn and, you know, really learn the craft. All those adages. Going, going. Yeah, exactly. All those cliches. Um, but going sixth to the Giants, he's gonna get pushed into that role way too early. He's gonna have way too much pressure put on him. I just don't see it being a scenario where he pans out the way the Giants expect him to. Even if Gil Brandt thinks he's fucking Peyton Manning. But that's another story.
0: Yeah, uh yeah. Yeah, that's it's just it's it's gonna be rough out there for Big Blue for a few years, isn't it?
1: It's going to be rough for a long time.
0: Yeah, that's okay. They've had it they've had it too good for too long, my friend. New York's going to turn into a Jets town. Just you wait till you see <laughs> a green out there.
1: It's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I don't know what this is like. I don't understand it. So it it just Cuz even when the Definitely. No, Go ahead.
1: There's just no chance the Giants are even able to draft a quarterback for like 3 or 4 years and they're just going to be in such a hole by the time that happens that it's going to take a long time to rebuild this team. Well, what I this was a big issue. What I
0: think is going to be interesting and we can close on this thought since we got I got to run is um mm-hmm. if the if the Giants suck a fat wad next season and Dwayne Haskins doesn't start, it makes you wonder if they're going to take another quarterback because if they suck a fat wad this upcoming season and Haskins or not, not 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 Dwayne Haskins, um, Daniel Jones doesn't start, I should Jones. say. Um that means that they didn't feel good enough about playing him in a lost season, which means they have no faith in him to progress ever. And then they're going to be in a bad. They're going to have a good draft spot, which means that they'd be primed to take a new quarterback, a la the Arizona Cardinals. And if that happens, they need they need to fire David Gettleman.
1: That won't happen unless Dave Gettleman is fired if Dave Gettleman is still picking for them in the 2020 draft, there's no chance he's like even allowed to take a quarterback. They are just um, so massively fucked. Like the the sunk cost in that would just be way too much. Almost like, you know, a team trading up to number 10 last year to pick Josh Rosen and then drafting a quarterback first overall. Just way too much sunk cost.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh <laughs> it hurts to even think about. But let's let's get out of here for so the I, day.
1: One more thing I want to say, uh, just because we talked about uh, Daniel Daniel Jones being uh, sold to Dave Gettleman from his Senior Bowl performance. Yep. The last three Senior Bowl game MVPs have been Daniel Jones, Kyle Laletta, and Davis Webb, who were three quarterbacks taken by the Giants in each of the past three drafts
0: yep and uh they ain't shit laletta's currently the backup and davis webb is currently on the jets practice squad yep (laughs) so yeah what
1: a world way to go get yeah he's a real winner
0: all right but let's let's get on out of here We'll, we'll hit all you guys back up on thursday with a deeper dive into what happened in um the entirety of the draft since it'll be concluded by that point and we can get into more of it then uh, if you want to reach us on Twitter, you can do so at pod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find our website, you can do so at com slash website. And we'll speak to you guys again on Thursday. Take care.
1: Bye.